Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Featured Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm Rick. And today we're talking about ReZero, starting life in another world, the Frozen Bond. Uh, this week was my choice. And I more along the chose this one because uh, we had just finished watching the series for last week's episode. And I thought watching uh, the movie, this movie in particular, would be a great follow up to it. Um, it originally came out in November 2019. So it's pretty recent. Uh, it came out within the last year. Uh, the studio for it was White Fox. It's also by uh, Kotokawa, if I'm not mistaken, for the producer uh, and TV Tokyo. Uh, it sources a light novel and the genres are a psychological drama, thriller, fantasy, and it ran for about an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. Although I don't really think this was too much of a thriller in comparison to the actual show. Oh yeah. No, most, most definitely. I, in terms of how the show was, the show was definitely more of a thriller than this was. I, uh, I don't know. I mean, like, honestly, it didn't really even feel like a movie to me. It felt more like a an extended OVA than anything else is how I felt with it anyways. And it it and there's also another movie that actually came out or another what they call, consider a movie, but I would actually consider it another OVA is uh, it's a uh, memory snow, which is basically a side story, you could say, to uh, the series. Yeah. Um, it's weird because watching them back to back, like, well, I did, I should rephrase. I tried to, I got a little bit bored, not much, but I, my only excuse, my, my excuse is because I just watched it, rewatching it. It didn't hold the interest it did when I first got stuck through, it, you know? Yeah. The opening of that, uh, OVA as best as I can call it episode six and a half was that it is, it was weird at the very beginning. They're like, not bad English. It was understandable, but I don't remember anywhere else in the series. Uh, Subaru speaking English. Yeah. Neither do I, the, the, that was the only really real spot that it was, but also this basically was an equivalent to a beach episode. For for a lot of the other anime, for the other shows that are out there, this uh, the only difference is, is this one doesn't have a, a bunch of uh, fan service. You have a little bit at the end of it when uh, Rem and Amelia are basically hugging on each other because they've been drinking. But and then yeah. you also hear for the first time like uh, Subaru actually state his age as well that he is going to be turning eighteen that year. So he's seventeen um, during basically no. the events. He said he's not allowed to drink until he's 20. No, he said he, he, he said I'm 18 because Amelia said you're too young and she didn't know. And the age for drinking in that world is 15. And they, she had assumed that he was 12 and then she changed it to 13 as if that was much better. He goes, no, I'm 18. (laughs) He's like, I'm actually older than you. Thank you though. No, no, she's actually older than him. Really? Yeah. She is. He's turning 18 that year. She is 18. Ah, okay. 
And then she does. It was so weird. Like, I'm not going to say it was cringeworthy, but he brought up adult websites. He brought up, uh, he, it was so weird. He goes, I'm not even allowed to go to adult websites without adult supervision. And then she goes, I'll be adult supervision if you need it. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it was cringy. Uh, it was very cringy. And which basically, and, and the reason why we both kind of bring up memory snow is because it lightly touches on the snow festival that they do in memory snow. The movie just lightly touches on it in the beginning and then lightly touches on it at the end. And that's about all there is. So basically they could have combined these two separate OVAs into an actual feature length movie. I guess. I mean, uh, not successfully. I mean, but okay. they, they could have taken elements from both of them and combined it into a feature length movie to an actual movie length and not have it feel like an OVA is what I really think. Okay. I can see that, but I don't know, like the way that they set it up, it, an OVA doesn't make any sense because all the main characters don't really apply in the sense of when I watch this, the main character to me is not Amelia or Puck. It's Subaru. Subaru was not even mentioned here. So I would say it was more, maybe more of an effort to make people more empathetic and like Amelia more. Cause I, we, we actually talked a little bit about this on discord and uh, cats actually said that it, <laughs> maybe the producers are upset that everyone decided that Rem was best girl and not Amelia. Oh yeah. Which I, I completely agree with. I mean, like Rem is best girl for the show. I mean, there's hands down period, but I feel like also at the same time, the, the writers are trying to make you feel empathetic towards Amelia because I, I think what they're going to end up doing for season two, and now I haven't started season two yet, but I think what they're going to end up doing is turning Amelia into the bad guy in season two or towards the end of season two. You really think so? Well, I mean, like the circumstances in which she was brought back is suspicious. And when I say she was brought back, you find out that towards the end that Amelia was actually frozen in ice and then she was broken out of that ice by Puck, or at least you could assume that it was by Puck. I would assume that it's by Puck, but I don't know. Um, I don't know. I would say that it was closer to the fact that I don't think she was released or, or unfrozen. I think she was the cause of it. That is a good possibility. I think that something traumatic happened. I mean, she obviously lost memories. Could have happened more than one time. Puck was made specifically for her from what he's saying. And he also mentions that he's centuries old. Yeah. So does that mean that he might be a greater spirit that the Witch of Envy created? Like, this is all speculation, but I mean, it's very weird that he said, I was made specifically for you and I made a pact with somebody I can't tell you about in order to do this thing. And I've broken that pact by if eventually in the, in the movie, um, making myself contracted to you. Yeah. And you do see like fragments and bits and pieces of her memory of her trying to remember some stuff. And I don't know if the sculptures that were there were actually sculptures because you were, you do see her or see some people actually get frozen or if they were just actual elves that got froze. Could they? Mm. Because when they talk about or when they reference to her, so like a bunch of hunters come into the forest and they want to take her, they say, is there anyone else? I mean, like, unless you want to point us to someone else that you want. And then she instantly remembers all the frozen elves 
or the at least the snow sculptures and says no. But again, that, that was probably really close to another reason why she lost her memory. Yeah. I mean, you could go either way. They could be people whom she froze because you do see kind of sort of images of a flash freeze of these people. But you could also argue that there's no crystallization that comes out of any wounds. Now, maybe that you have to, the prerequisite for that to happen is you have to be injured in some fashion in order for that to go about happening. Like you see when she's confronted by, I would say arguably bad people. Yep. But like when that goes through, when that actually happens and stuff like that, it's, uh, it was interesting. I didn't realize that Amelia by herself wielded that kind of power. And I don't think, uh, well, she realizes it and, and she states, she realizes she does have a great power in there in her. She just doesn't know how to utilize it or how to tap into it. And I think Puck actually contracting himself to her is is kind of a way for him, one, to constantly keep watch over her to stay close to her, but also at the same time to kind of maybe, I don't know, keep that power from being brought forward all the way. So that way she relies on him more. You mean like regulating her power? Yeah, exactly. See, I was really hoping that you saw how weak he got at the very... So the premise of the whole movie is basically, if I could sum it up in a sentence or two, it's essentially Amelia trying to be friends with everybody and Puck trying to protect her from reality. When that doesn't, there's another, like, so Puck is called the beast of the end. Yeah. Which I only imagine is a reference to um, like Ragnarok, like Loki's kid, the wolf, um, Fenrir. I can only imagine that Puck is is maybe an adaptation to Fenrir, right? Maybe. You don't think? I mean, it's possible. It is. Fenrir I mean, is, is at the end of the world and that that mode or that uh appearance that Puck took over at the very end was very uncat-like. Yeah. More tigerish and stuff like that, but that that leads me to believe that he was or is a greater spirit, like to a umpteenth degree. Yeah. And well, one of the things that's really uh, interesting and and I just now remembered this is remember when Subaru kept going back to the castle uh towards the end of season 1 and he kept running there and kept getting captured by the witch's cult and the last one he actually has a conversation with Puck cuz Puck arrives there k- kills the witch's cult and then kills Subaru because of Amelia dying. Yeah, I thought that was a really awesome, qual- like not necessarily callback, but he actually, Puck actually brings up the the hidden hand. And he goes, if you want to do that, you have to do even half as much and talks about the witch as if he has a personal experience or as if he has been or dealt with her personally before. See, I thought he was talking about Amelia. No. So you think he was talking about the white witch? Yeah, because I remember him specifically talking about that because... He was, uh, uh, Beetlejuice wasn't, you was using, um, the invisible hand and Amelia doesn't use that, but that's something yeah, that they, the witch of envy was able to use. So Beetlejuice has something called a witch factor. I did a little bit of reading. Um, you know, you should be proud of me. Got Yay. a third grade. Boop, boop. <laughs> right. And apparently you remember how we were saying before that the, the the Archbishop of Soth, Sloth was a position handed out and the Archbishop of Pride was still unfulfilled and still yet to be handed out, stuff like that. 
Yeah. What gives them the power, what would what, what it manifests as power is something called a witch's factor. And the witches uh, the the witch factor of sloth showed up in Betelgeese in the manner of the hidden hand. But if the witch factor shows up in somebody else, say the witch of envy, it's not necessarily the same power. It, it's expanded on in season two, but it it not completely yet. It makes no sense to me as as it stands. If that makes yeah, no, if and, that reference understands. Yeah. yeah, and hopefully that is something that they will actually further expand upon, especially they in season to. two. I mean, they have to. It's it's got to be a, a big a big reveal or something in the future. I'm hoping right because with the limited amount of reading I've done into Beetlegeese as a character, they, they'd be foolish not to incorporate that somehow, some way. Right. So my question is, right. So Mm -hmm. we know about Puck and we have our suspicions about Puck and we're, we're still not sure about Amelia. What about the moderator? Well, that's what I was going to bring up a little bit before. Moderator seems to be a spirit of some kind. It's a, a, sorry, not moderator. It's a, He's uh, called uh, the Great Spirit Melakure or the Arbiter. The, the Arbiter. That's uh, it. Sounds powerful. It sounds important. Well, I mean, I mean, like he he made himself feel pretty important by uh, talking about rules and judging, casting judgment upon others, and trying to make himself, or at least give the. Uh, presence of being the one that will cast judgment upon those who break the law of the land or something like that. Yeah. That was so weird. Like I think, okay. Plot convenience flew in like a wrecking ball and destroyed any hope of the arbiter winning because at the very end puck was like, Hey, you got to follow the rules because you're the one that's going on about the rules. Even though I've broken every rule in the book, now all of a sudden, I want you to follow something because it's convenient to me. Oh, yeah, of course. And I'm like, I'm like, you dirty, dirty, dirty cat. Oh, yeah. Well, come on, man. I mean, like when you got that plot armor on or in Puck's case, that <laughs> plot fur going. and Yeah, the, the fluffy part. <laughs> yeah, the fluffy fur. That fluffy, Ugh. fluffy, fluffy plot fur. Oh, man. Don't get me wrong. The last fight did not excite me at all. I was really going to try to like be enthusiastic, but it was, it was meh at best. I mean, the movie was decent. The movie was decent. It gave you an insight at to Amelia and gave you the history about her and puck coming into contract with each other. But that's the, about the only thing it answered. Yeah. As for anything Every, else. else. Well, no, I, I mean like it, it helped also like give an accurate description of the witch Satella, because when they see her, they go, they did. They said they brought up the hair, they brought up the eyes, they brought up that she was a half elf or brought at least part elf. They could tell from the ears. Mm. They said she is the witch and that's what they would call her every time they saw her. The witch, the witch. Yeah. The thing that gets me, I don't know. It's just, it's frustrating. It, it feels like a good story with lazy writing. <sighs> <laughs> Yeah, I I agree with you on that. And I know that there's several other people out there uh, that actually do agree with that as well. That it just, it was lackluster. The story as a whole, the the whole premise behind it, it was really lackluster. It, it made it feel like there was going to be this big monumental event happening or or that there was some deeper meaning or some deeper plot going on. And they just kind of like scratch the surface. Like when you're first introduced into to Amelia 
it was a pretty tragic thing what happened. And I expected yeah. more of that to happen throughout the series. Her having trouble to control her powers, people accidentally getting hurt, or in her tr- having trouble and struggles and her traveling around. And it doesn't you even know, happen you, like that. You actually made a really good point. You, you reminded me of, of something I was trying to say earlier that I just spaced on. Got to love ADD, right? Oh, yeah. Um, when Puck contracted with her, we haven't seen any any minimum or well, we've seen some of her power when she's communing with the spirits and talking to them in episode like what one, one and a half, something like that. Yeah. But here she's a complete badass that can stand on her own. And she unlocks this untapped reservoir of badassery that we never see when in any of the life and death situations that she faces, where she quite literally dies with plenty of foreknowledge she doesn't show any inkling of this massive reserve of power well she does a little bit not really she got her guts torn out like four or five times with plenty of knowledge well she doesn't have that before knowledge no no what i mean is like subaru was there trying to protect her and when she was fighting the this the 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 main female gut killer yeah but she's she lived that time the the first time she died was she was stabbed in the side but all they ever did was use puck's power they never used her power no they used her power a little bit too i'll have to rewatch it I, and I just remember. even at the end when he's trying to save everyone and and the village and the village is being destroyed she comes out and fights the 10th fing- finger be- of uh beetle geese she does that too i, I could have sworn that was puck no, that was she her. Was mainly manipulating Puck. No, but she. It, uh, it, it, it goes to my my point of we. I originally thought that maybe Puck was siphoning energy off of her, like he was sharing the the power. Because at the end of the movie, he's basically just this shadow form, and he forms a contract with her, and all of a sudden he's just kick ass. But in the OVA, are we just going to call it like six and a half for the OVA? I would just call it the OVA. Okay, in the OVA. He's got a surplus that is just overflowing everywhere. And and they reference that, that he has to actually release the surplus of magic twice a year, at least. At minimum. Yeah, at minimum. And they reference back when they were both in the forest. Like I think you should watch these two side by side. That makes way more sense just because of how things go. Yeah. But it, when he was in the forest, he was able to release it just continuously but it's weird because in the ova they also state that if he released it all he would freeze the world like which is it is he going to keep a forest cold or is he going to kill everybody right and i i think him saying that he's going to destroy the world which is his way of trying to poke and have fun and that he can't release it all at one big burst instead of it being a continuous flow out that makes sense because you know puck doesn't puck likes subaru but at the same time, he doesn't like Subaru because Subaru likes Amelia. I would say he doesn't trust him. I, I, I don't think it's a like thing. I think it's a trust thing. I think it's both. I think he doesn't like or trust him. I mean, like, I wouldn't honestly trust Subaru either, but. I don't know. Think about it. You said that we well, we agreed that they've only been seeing. So Subaru's only been in Amelia. Subaru's only been in Amelia's life. I promise I can talk in maybe a month, month and a half total. If that. and And. Dude, nobody's you, nobody in that group can be that ignorant and that stupid, especially if Puck has 
seen that has been in contact with the witch of envy nobody has this spontaneous knowledge constantly like no nobody's skeptical of him to a, a rather striking degree that he all of a sudden has knowledge of things that nobody else does he's able to make uh agreements on the behalf of other people with no prior communication which it does get called out a couple different times and they're like well uh, what authority do you have to do this or why why you're like how did you come by this knowledge or or anything else right he 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 does and he is able to kind of craft it to make it look like he's really intelligent when he's really not <laughs> yeah those sidetracking there was a movie i watched called the man from earth it's basically the premise of a man who's essentially immortal who is a history teacher not because he's smart but because he lived through it yep so i mean this is this, this is essentially that whole premise right here. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, no. I, I know this. I know. Well, how do you know this? I just do. Well, can you give us any further proof about anything else? I mean, you could probably live through it and see I'm right. Or you could just, okay, we'll trust you on blind faith, which we shouldn't have that you are hundred percent correct. Well, when you get to, uh, uh, one of the other people that are in line to be King, you, uh, God, what is it? Cecil? Uh, Crucius. She's able to say, yeah, sorry. Uh, Crucius, uh, crush, crush, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Crush. She's able to tell whether he's lying or not. Plot armor right there. Look at that. Hey, yeah, you're, you're You're coming up with some pretty random information. I know you're not lying because you don't have this air coming from you and which comes from everyone who lies, but I'm going to trust you because I know you're not lying. (laughs) The wind seems to play a really big part in a lot of the things that goes on in this world. Like, I I don't know if, have you picked up on that? Yeah. Like it's weird. The spirits don't just talk to Amelia, even though she's able to like summon them and talk to them and be like, Hey, how are you? What's up? But like things happen in this world that people are like, Oh, I'm just blessed with blah, blah, blah. I'm blessed with blah, blah, blah. No, it's the spirits talking to you. That's what it is. Spirit who run the world? Spirits, apparently. So, well, I mean, if the plot armor fits, why not wear it? Exactly. Exactly. Convenience. Convenience. Convenience to to a, a crazy degree. Which really is sad. I honestly, I don't really have too much more to say about it. I mean, the the movie was decent. It was good. To a degree, it did answer a couple small questions, but beyond that, there really wasn't much else to be had. It, it could have been better if if they were both mashed into one single movie and some of it taken out, some extra thrown in, a little bit clean up would have been better. But that's my personal opinion. Well, your personal opinion is not wrong, no matter how bad I wish it was. Because <laughs> I, I really... I really wanted this to be good. I mean, I had really high expectations. So did I. Granted, Groundhog Groundhog Day isn't that original, but the way they implemented it, I liked it. Yep. I liked it a lot. Well, with all that being said, sir, on a scale of up to 10, how would you rate this? As a standalone, really low. Well, you know what? I mean, if you want to rate it with uh, Memory Snow. Okay. In conjunction with that and the way that it ties in, also, did you happen to see the the like after credits? Oh yeah, oh yeah, a little touching. I wasn't like, expect- I, Yeah, it made you feel good. It made you it just right there. Subaru is so I, we kind of skipped to this. 
Amelia's whole thing at the beginning is cleaning these statues, hoping they'll wake up. And that's literally it, cleaning and exploring. And at the very end, Subaru creates these snow people for her because he's like, I think it makes you happy. And he's like, ah, crap, they're already melting. And then he says something prolific, at least in this in this sense. He goes, you know, I guess ice will always melt. There's no such as, there's no such thing as ice that never melts. And then it makes her cry. And you're like, oh, that means that all those people that she either froze or made up or perhaps, ooh, oh, dude. Could you imagine if they're clones, ooh, failed clones? That would be interesting. Hmm. They're all just waiting. So when one dies, another one's born. Another one defrosts. Hmm. That's interesting. That'd be interesting. There's no, there's no evidence for it, but that would be kind of awesome. That would be. Although how Amelia was frozen is different from that. Which again, leads me to believe she's the one that did it in the first place. Exactly. But it just makes me not like her. Like she was a likable character to me. She wasn't relatable in the least, but you know, she was like a wayward child. You wanted to, you wanted to be, you wanted to help. And now I'm just like chick lady person with power. Help the one who is helpless. Yeah. No kidding. Just, he's got, he's got the knowledge. You've got the power work together. You can do it. I'm I'm going off on a tangent. So rating it, I'm going to go five. It was very meh. It was very meh for me. Uh, like I would, I would say that it's worth watching in once. It's worth watching in the context of the show, but as a prequel, it sucked. I got to agree with you. I'll give it a five. And the only reason why I'm giving it a five is because I watched the first one, Memory Snow, back back to back. So I watched Memory Snow and then I watched this. And that's the only reason why I'm giving it a five. As a standalone, I, I honestly couldn't do it. I honestly couldn't do it. I mean, like, I feel like they have to be seen together once. After that, just forget they exist and move on with your life. Yeah, they don't. Well, I mean, unless they call back to it or unless they incorporate it somehow. But even still, like it's more questions than answers. Yeah. You know? Yep. And that that doesn't that doesn't sit well with me because it, it touched it touched nothing on how she met Roswell or not Roswell. Roswalla. Yeah. Yeah. The clown. The clown yeah. magician, let's call it. Well, they lightly touched on it in the series and they yes, also referenced the- that. So maybe we'll get more answers, but normally Puck at night goes to sleep. But apparently when Puck is fighting other people, that is not that butcher woman. She can fight for days and nights and not get tired and, and have to go to sleep. Yeah. So I don't, maybe, maybe because of the contract, maybe no. the contract, but. No, even even before the contract, uh, Puck was going to sleep at night. Oh, remember? Was he though? Yeah, and I thought he was just like disappearing. That, well, he disappears come- when he's going to sleep. All right, fair. I don't know. I didn't like it. I didn't like it as much as I was hoping I would. I like it as a standalone. It, there was no thrilling nature about it. There was no horror about it. It was just there. Yeah, it was a fantasy yeah. drama. Is Basically, that's how I would honestly classify it. Where do you see the drama? The drama of her having to deal with the fact that she looks like the witch and Puck fighting for her and almost dying a couple of times. (laughs) Yeah. World ender right there, isn't he? Oh, yeah. (sighs) Alrighty, my good sir. Um, Next week is my turn, correct? Yes, sir. So my choice for next week is charlotte um for lack of a better word it's people with mutant abilities doing stuff all right 
<laughs> in high school. We'll have, I don't want to give too much away because I, I don't really know how to summarize without spoiling. It was a, it's a drama school superpower for the, in a cult fiction comedy. Ooh, that works. All right. 10 10 would watch. <laughs> well, that's all the time that we have for today. Uh, if you thought this week's choice was good, if you want to share some feedback, let us know what you thought of it. You can reach us out via email, Facebook, Twitter, or in discord. We are always in there talking about whatever shows we are watching for the podcast and other shows, not just the ones that are about the pot that we're uh, recording for the podcast. Uh, and if you're watching this on YouTube or listening to this rather on YouTube, go ahead and leave a comment and we'll be happy to respond to you on there. Don't forget to subscribe and tell everyone else uh, about this really helps us out. Get the word out there. And until next time, I'm Jack. I'm Rick and we'll see you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.